This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. And today, Kelvin Newman talks about content marketing and outreach. Enjoy. My name's Kelvin Newman. This is the Internet Marketing Podcast. I'm going to be talking today about content marketing and outreach and kind of really focusing on some of the basics, some of the fundamentals of link building and how that has an impact on your natural search rankings and listings. So let's take a step back and ask ourselves the question, why links matter? Well, for the search engines, they've got a real challenge on their hands because most websites nowadays, for most competitive commercial queries, are pretty well optimized. So, you know, when a potential new client comes to the site visibility and we look at their website, there's always a few technical things that we can look at and recommend that they do. We, you know, in most cases carry out an audit as a kind of hygiene check to make sure that they've carried everything out. And some businesses will do very well, some will do less well. But in most cases, the basics are covered. So for a lot of queries... Google need to look at more than just what's on the website in order to determine who ranks where. And this is kind of really important because this is why Google were able to become the most popular search engine. Prior to Google's and their rise and ascent, the search engines looked predominantly at these on-site factors, right? So they looked for which website was the most relevant for that. What Google did is they started to kind of go, what's the reputation of this website? Because relevance is important, but I want a website with a good reputation. And they used their PageRank algorithm. Now, PageRank is one of these ideas that I think has got so confused over the years. Mainly because of the score that you could get. So it used to be you can install the Google, you know, Google toolbar and it would tell you for the websites you were visiting, it gave them a score out of 10. So it would say this website is a highly trusted website, this website's a less trusted website. And that's confused and distracted and kind of, I think, changed the way people think about PageRank because that's not what PageRank's about. That's, you know, toolbar PageRank score might be interesting. PageRank is an algorithm. And interestingly, it's named after Larry Page as opposed to being a ranking of pages. So I think that's a nice coincidence for them. But PageRank can be used for more than just ranking pages. PageRank can be used to determine the relative importance of a document within a set of linked documents. And that's fundamentally what the internet is, a set of linked documents. And the way that PageRank works is it kind of maps the flow of links, right? So if you start off with a list of trusted websites, those that you know to be really high quality, the likelihood of ending up on another website is a really good indicator of its quality, right? So we know that trusted websites only link to other trusted websites in most cases. So you've almost got PageRank being this kind of probability score of ending up on another website. So we've got our seed list of trusted websites, maybe a thousand, maybe a million of them. Then the likelihood of us following links on other websites and ending up at this other URL is a really good indicator of the quality of that website. And that's what allowed Google to be so much better a number of years ago than their competitors because they were able to look at the content of a page, but how trusted was it? How relevant was it? 
So that's kind of pretty fundamental, right? If you want your website to do better on the search engines, you need to make your website relevant. And we've talked about that a lot in recent weeks about some of the changes you would make to your website to make sure it's more relevant. But then additionally, you've got to make sure it's got a good reputation, right? So if you've got a good reputation, that will help your rankings. Now, also interestingly in this period of you know of time that we're going through is that social is also becoming quite important but social and the sharing of content on social media at the moment doesn't seem to directly influence the search results but it does seem to very closely correlate so content that performs well socially i.e lots of people share it on facebook lots of people share it on google plus or on, um, on twitter or pinterest or any of those other ones that tends to be really well correlated with backlinks and rankings. So content that performs well socially tends to also get links. Not always, but generally that's the case. So what are we trying to do? If we want to make our website perform better in the natural search results, we sort all the technical stuff out. But we also want to create a marketing plan that's going to get people through to our website, that's going to send signals to the search engines that says, this is a reputable website and this is a reputable website with great content on this particular topic. So when I talk about all the methods we're going to talk about in today's episode, that's what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to send a signal to the search engines that says, on this topic, on this area of expertise, we as a business are one of the most reputable sources of information. And the best way to do that is to be one of the most reputable sources of those information. Um, you can manipulate Google and it used to be a lot easier. It's getting very, very hard. I don't recommend that. The best way to do well is to be that reputable source of information. But I'm going to take you through some of the steps to make it clear that you're that source of reputable information. So one of the main approaches I use when I'm talking about the basics of link building is competitive informed link building. So I'm going to make a distinction here. And we'll do a future episode about kind of more sophisticated content marketing, social media marketing, and how you can use that to improve your link building. Um, and that's a big topic in its own right. So we'll do that justice. But what I'm going to talk about today is some kind of a bit more tactical approaches um, to link building, because I think there's a lot you can do using this type of approach to get you started. And you need to do this first and you need to understand this type of thing before you go off and do that big content marketing piece. And one of those approaches that I find really effective and really informative in helping me create good digital marketing strategies is competitive informed link building, right? Understanding what my competitors are doing and using that to inform what I do going forward. So instinctively, you'll probably have a good idea of who your main competitors are. However, it's worth noting that that's probably not enough. Uh, it doesn't give you a clear enough idea of... Um, how you should be doing your search strategy because we don't just want to understand who instinctively is your competitors we want to understand you know like who is ranking right so the other people who are ranking for the search queries that you're going after you might not think of them as your competitors but the reality is from a google perspective they are right so these are people who are ranking for the search queries that you're going after you need to understand why they are and also reflect that in your strategy going forward a couple of other approaches I like to do to find similar websites because I want to look at lots of websites here, right? I want to, I don't just want to look at like three or four websites. I want to look at dozens of websites in order to understand why they're performing well. Um, so one approach I like to use is if, if you go to Google and type in related, then a colon, then yourdomain.com, 
that will give you other websites that Google believe to be related to yours. So what do I mean by that? I could go related colon brightonseo.com and that would give me websites that Google thought were related to Brighton SEO. I could do related colon sitevisibility.co.uk and again, that would bring other websites that I should be looking at, right? I want to be understanding why they're ranking. And another approach, which isn't necessarily an SEO one, but helps us find websites who we ought to be looking at from an SEO perspective, is LinkedIn. So if I go to LinkedIn and go to a company page and then scroll down on the right-hand side of the screen, there's six websites linked to under this kind of people also viewed, right? So these are other companies when people who viewed that company, they also viewed this company. Now, sometimes that's driven by job behavior. So if you're applying for a job at one company, you might also apply for another, but it's, you know, there's more to it than just that. So that's a great way of finding six competitors of yours. But what I like to do is take that a step on, right? So I see those six competitors who are there, then click on each of those profiles, then see who are the competitors of those six companies. Now, you're not going to get 36 immediately off the back of that because there's going to be some duplication. But you can very quickly find companies you've never heard of who do very similar things to you. So use that information to find, to create the seed list of competitors, of people we want to understand why they're ranking. Because the more we understand about why they're ranking, the better equipped we are to create our own strategy to, to respond to that. I'm going to take you for a few tools that help this process of understanding your competitors. Now, some of them are paid for, um, but they're all freemium tools, right? So these are tools that allow you to get certain elements of data out of them for free. Um, in most of these cases, if you then sign up for an account, even if you don't pay anything, you get a bit more data, but you get a lot more data if you pay for them. If you're taking SEO seriously, these are really sensible investments. There are other tools out there. I'm just gonna take you through two of my favorites. But you don't have to pay for them to get some value out of them. Um, but if you want to have a really well-informed competitive analysis process, you need to invest in a tool, unfortunately. So the first of those is um, Majestic. So Majestic.com for a long time was known as Majestic SEO. So Majestic SEO is one of the most powerful and probably the most comprehensive link building tools. And it's a really good tool at understanding the when in link building. So lots of link building tools tell you who's linking to you. Majestic, I think, is the best at telling you, here's a new link, here's an old link, um, which I think can be really important because actually um, a website that's come to a competitor recently might be more replicatable than a link they've had for 10 years, for example. So when I use a tool like Majestic SEO, on a simple level, I could just put in all of my competitors, see who's linking to them, and then just contact those people and say, well, you linked to me. That doesn't tend to work so well. Instead, I want to be doing things like using the tool and then using the functionality to see which pages of your competitor's website is getting the most links, right? So what content have they produced that is resonating with an audience and getting links, which is telling the search engines this competitor is good, right? So if I can see, oh, they did a survey or, oh, they did an um, infographic or, oh, they just getting links to their product pages, I can learn from that. We don't want to just look at the volume of links. We want to look at the quality as well because as we said, the way that PageRank works, the way that Google's algorithm is built upon this foundation, that links have a quality. Some links are of a higher quality, of a higher value than others. Now, all of these tools have approximations of that. So Majestic have one um, called Trust Flow and one called Citation Flow. 
Now, these two numbers can help you get an assessment of which are the most valuable links that a, a website's getting. So you want to understand which are the most valuable, but also which pieces of content might not get lots of links, but the links they do get are from really highly trusted websites. And finally, with Majestic, I'm a big fan of using it to find academic or educational or government institutions which are linking to their competitors, to, to, sorry, to my competitors. Because by doing that, these are types of people who want to build relationships with businesses. Every university in the country has a ambition to work more collaboratively with businesses. So if you can find these places who are working with your competitors, there's a good chance they'll want to build a relationship with you as well. And the good news is that academic, educational, government websites typically are the kind of websites that have really good statistics about them, right? They are really well trusted. So that's definitely worth exploring there as well. So next up on my list of tools sort of replicates some of the functionality of Majestic, but actually is perhaps a little bit easier to use. So again, freemium tool, a lot of information comes out for free, the most information you have to pay for an account. So this is Open Site Explorer. So this is a tool from the Moz suite. So if you've bought a Moz membership, you'll have access to this already. If you haven't, you can access it as a tool on its own, but you do get some somewhat limited data. Open Site Explorer doesn't have the depth of index or the functionality of Majestic, sorry, Majestic SEO. Um, it, it just doesn't have quite that functionality, but it's far easier to use. So my main criticism of Majestic is the data's great, the user interface is, has a steep learning curve, whereas Open Site Explorer is perhaps the opposite. So the data perhaps isn't quite got the same integrity um, or the same depth, but if you use it, a tool that's easy to use is often you know, um, more helpful than the best tool if it's hard to use. So I want to ask all the same questions that we were just talking about with Majestic. Um, if I'm using both, I want to see they've got two different indexes. Are they highlighting different things as a consequence? Um, one thing that Open Site Explorer does particularly well is kind of make the connection between domains a little bit more transparent. So there's a distinction. Um, Majestic is particularly good at showing this page linked to this page where I think Open Site Explorer is a little bit better at kind of saying this domain linked to a competitor. And sometimes if you're kind of going down a content-driven perspective, often that's more helpful. So I want to build relationships with websites rather than with pages. So actually, if I can find a website who's frequently linking to a competitor of mine, sometimes that might be a better prospect than just a website which is only linked to a competitor once. And it's also quite good as well to put in a couple of different websites and compare them as well. So you can put in your website and five competitors and see how you compare on link building metrics. Now, there's two further tools that I want to recommend, which aren't link building tools, but actually are hugely powerful when trying to build links. So these tools you can use interchangeably, and I'll talk about the differences between them. Um, these are tools which look at social mentions. So you can put in your website or a competitor's website and quickly find out which pieces of content of theirs have been widely socially shared and on which platforms they've been widely socially shared. And we know that um, social shares are really highly correlated with the number of links and really highly correlated with the performance of a web page. So if I can understand of a competitor which pages of their site are doing well socially, that, that's good to understand. So the two tools are Social Crawlytics, that's completely free, um, and BuzzSumo, which is freemium. Now, Social Crawlytics, you have to have a Twitter account to sign in, 
and you have to occasionally top up your credits by kind of tweeting to say i need more credits and they use that as kind of a viral promotional effort but it's completely free and buzzsimo is a lot quicker and does a lot more than just this but it is paid for so I want to be putting in my competitors and finding out what content of theirs is doing well socially. Is that different to the type of content that does well with links? But in general, it tends to do quite well. So if you can find, oh, they did this thing and it's got a load of Facebook likes, that helps you. That helps you come up with better content ideas. Now, all of this is said within the context of Google Penguin. So many of you would be familiar with Google Penguin. Google Penguin was an update that took place in April 2012 that made many of the traditional forms of link building, like directory submission, article syndication, um, it made them definitely ineffective and in many cases risky. So, you know, some some of the things that perhaps if I was doing this, you know, podcast a few years ago, I would have been recommending like article syndication or a bit of directory submission. Um, they're generally best avoided now. And also things like low quality guest posting is another one that's, um, you know, probably not worth the effort and certainly can be risky. But regardless of, you know, the the detail of Penguin, I think you can ask yourself, is this going to be a link that's going to help me by asking a relatively simple question, which is, was this easy to get or did it require some effort, right? So if it's an easy link, it's probably not going to have a lot of value. If it's one that required a lot of effort or at least an investment of things over time, like you had a relationship with someone that took years to build, that's probably a sign of a good link that's going to have a big impact. So I talked about directories. They used to be a very quick way to build links. What I tend to say now is never submit yourself to a generalist directory unless you think you might get some traffic from it. Far better. Um, directories aren't always a bad thing. They just need to be very specific. Right. So is there, you know, an industry trade association membership directory? That's a good directory to be in. What you want to be asking yourself with any kind of link is, will this send me traffic? If you can't envisage anybody going to that website then coming through to your website, then that's not a good link. You want links that are going to send traffic to you and trade association directories are often good for that as well. And there are still opportunities where you can just ask webmasters for a link. So perhaps if you've got a partner or a supplier relationship with someone, you could offer them a testimonial. And in that testimonial, they provide a link. Now, they're not going to be the best links that are going to have the biggest impact on your business. Um, contextual links to content are going to be those that are far more valuable. But these type of testimonials or partner links are quite a nice way, particularly early on, for easy ways to get links that are, you know, quite, quite valuable. And also maybe you've got non-competitors. So maybe you're a, I don't know, a, a villa in a particular location and you frequently recommend people go on a, a you know, a horse riding at this place or boat hire at this place. Um, contact those people that you're recommending and ask them if they could do the reverse, right? So on their website, the boat hire website, they recommend you as a villa. You know, that type of thing can work very, very well. And also bear in mind the opportunity that you might have where there are websites out there that you could see that your customers might be visiting. If you could write them an article or a blog post or contribute to a video or whatever it is that they do on that website where you could participate. If you participate, you'll probably find that you'll be able to get a link out of it as well. So that's my whistle-stop tour of some of the, the fundamentals of um, link building. What you need to do is understand why people are linking to your competitors. Because if they're linking to your competitors and the reasons why and the type of things they're linking to, that will allow you to carry out much better link building. Now, in future episodes, we're going to talk through about the type of content you might want to produce, which can be quite involved. But I think this fundamental analysis of 
your marketplace of the content that's working will give you immediate quick wins. You'll find some of those directories, those member uh, membership organizations that you could become a member of and get a quick link. You'll also maybe find these odd opportunities for, oh, I didn't realize that university had a list of you know, people who'd taken people on an internship. We took someone on an internship. We ought to submit ourselves to that. Those type of opportunities will definitely come out of using tools like Majestic and Open Site Explorer. But the real value in them, the real value in them is how you can use those tools to better set yourself up for success. I'm going to talk you through in a future episode how you create content that gets you links and also helps your search search ranking performance. But without the insight you've got now, without the, the process we've talked through, you're going to find it much harder to have a successful link building campaign. And that successful link building campaign will ultimately lead to higher rankings and hopefully more money on the bottom line. Well, thanks for listening. The show notes are at sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, please write a review because that helps us to grow the audience and that helps us to help more people. If you've got any questions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And if you want to leave a comment or a question in an audio form, the telephone hotline is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. So that's all from me and Kelvin, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.